0: President Biden falls not once, not twice, but thrice this week on his way up Air Force One. Governor Cuomo has a seventh accuser. And should Democrats end the filibuster? Lots that Democrats need to consider. All of that and more on today's episode. Welcome back to Pop Into Politics, episode 11. Pop Into Politics. Almost had trouble saying that today. Pop Into Politics, episode 11. Watch your step, Democrat. That includes Joe Biden and his slippery shoes or the wind. I'm not exactly sure what it was. And the Democratic Party as a whole as we move into the rest of 2021 and start planning for the 2022 midterms. Yes, yes. Democrats have to have a long-term plan. They have to play the long game. They need to be prepared to lose seats in 2022 to make sure that their base and that Americans remember what was (laughs) before President Biden took office. At the same time, Democrats have to deliver. If you like what you've been hearing, let me get into that. Please subscribe on your favorite platform and rate me. And thank you for continuing to listen. So... Before we get started, let's just get our housekeeping. The whole damn episode will be housekeeping because ugh, there's just a lot that's not quite right. Let me get my housekeeping theme. America, girl, you know your house ain't been right. Now get it together. Yes, yes. So let's start with President Biden falling once, twice, three times later. Am I aging myself doing that? Anyway. Poor Joe. So Joe had trouble getting up Air Force One and conservative media, of course, was having a field day talking about his mental capabilities, his inability to walk. The former president's son, of course, had commentary that was very mean spirited about Joe falling up the steps. We're going to let that plane go by. Yes, conservative media has been very not pleasant, very not kind. Now, it's funny, as far as presidential mishaps go, I think his falling up the steps three times on Air Force One last week, kind of bad, but not like George H.W. Bush throwing up on Japanese prime minister or Gerald Ford, poor President Ford, President Ford used to fall down all the time. People have had trouble. Now, oh, the official story is that Joe's falling was about the wind on Friday. Friday was a windy day. I was driving out and about, going across a bridge on Friday. It was windy, I must say. Looking at it, it certainly was comical to some degree. It's good that the president is okay. I think some of the, the stories and the talk about any time the man trips or breaks a bone, and I guess I'm guilty of it too, opening up the episode that way. Presidents fall, presidents are human. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. But if you turn on conservative media right now, we're stuck in the silly season. We're talking about people falling. We're talking about Dr. Seuss. We're talking about Mr. Potato Head. Meanwhile, we've got Asian Americans being killed uh, in hate crimes. We still have a coronavirus that we're trying to get under control, still trying to get money into people's pockets. People are trying to do real work. So let's hope the president is able to watch his step. But as someone did say, I'm more interested in having a president who has a brain and can function and can deliver. And so far, I think the president has been doing that. But there are some warning signs, some warning signals, I think, for Democrats and are going to need to make some decisions about things as we move forward. So we're going to talk about, I mentioned Governor Cuomo. I'll leave that at the end because that. Democrats are doing the right thing on that, which goes back to this whole watching your step sort of theme of today's episode. But let's get to the story of the week, the story that I suspect will continue now that stimulus is done, right? And as big of an achievement and accomplishment as that was, and all of the good things in that bill, that's now done. So Joe Biden, the Biden administration, they can't just sit and ride on that between now and I don't I don't know. Next month, Americans forget things very quickly. And so there's a whole legislative agenda and a whole lot of promises that were made that Democrats need to ensure they're able to deliver on. And it's beginning to look like some of that could be imperiled if Democrats don't Start playing hardball and making some different decisions. So for those of you who have listened to this podcast from last year and, and now obviously in this season, I am personally a rules-oriented sort of person. And in a republic, and a democracy, you do have to have like rules of the road, right? If not, then you're lawless and there is no system to uphold if you can just do anything you want at any given point in time. With that said, the filibuster. What a funny word, filibuster. This whole 60 vote threshold situation that we have, the stimulus bill barely got passed. You could have no defections to get that done. And there's some really big agenda items that are coming over from the House. H.R. 1, which we talked about last week. H.R. 4, immigration, uh, the Dreamers. There are things that need to be taken care of. And I don't see how that happens with the filibuster in this 60-vote rule, this threshold that's still in place. And I've actually, I think in other episodes, I have said, look, Democrats do need to be aware that they may not always be in the majority. And so if you make certain changes, expect Republicans to behave in kind, if not generally worse than than how you've behaved. I'm beginning to look at this slightly differently now. I don't know how much worse things could get if, and maybe I shouldn't jinx the the American experiment that way, but I'm not sure exactly how much worse things could get under Mitch McConnell, right? So Mitch McConnell has threatened that if the Democrats get rid of the filibuster, we'll put in a conservative a conservative agenda. And we'll, fo- we'll force that through. We'll do all sorts of conservative things that people don't. Now, in my mind, I think to myself, hmm, does he mean like attacking voting rights? They're already doing that. They're talking about gutting environmental regulations or protections. They've already done that. Are they talking about the states obviously trying to subvert a woman's right, reproductive freedom and right to choose? They are already doing that in the states and all Republican sort of legislatures, and across the country, are we talking about not moving on gun rights? They obviously have not done that. Are we talking about not moving forward on climate change? They've obviously not done that. Is it not doing anything serious about the pandemic and addressing this in a way that is scientific, responsible, logical, reasonable, any of the ables <laughs> that we have? <laughs> Practical. I can't. I don't really know what what worse the Republicans would do once they're back in power. They've already kind of shown us who they are. Is it going to be jamming through tax cuts for the wealthy? Again, we already know that they would do that. Is it have to go back to the Bush years? Is it getting us mired in foreign wars that we're never going to be able to get out of? I think the Republican Party has shown themselves to be morally bankrupt, intellectually inept, soulless, shameless, and so, I don't think Democrats should be hiding in the corners, you know. Oh God, what are we gonna do? My lips are shaking. Listen, listen, we're going to have to man up, grab our balls. Oh, by the way, for those of you at home, I'm having a glass of Bordeaux for the drink of the episode. So, cheers. Cheers to you at home. Cheers to you who have your stimulus check. I want a stimulus check. I'm going to have to let that go. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the filibuster. Focus, Kobe, focus. Back to the filibuster. So Democrats, have watching their step and planning and really making good decisions. I think that it is time to end the filibuster. And I didn't always feel that way. But things have to get done. And Republicans are not going to allow things to get done. And in uh, a democracy, in theory, 51's a majority. I'm not really good at math, but 51 is the majority. We don't need 60. We don't need to try to get Susan Collins to all things. We don't need to count on Moral Mitch. That's Mitt Romney. We'll call him Moral Mitch. I actually like Lisa Murkowski. She seems like she's a decent enough person. We don't need to wait for Lisa. Ben Sass when he wants to get, like, uh, Chuck Schumer. They need to get their balls. Now, listen, actually. So we should get into some internal Democratic politics. And so, again, watching their step. So the problem that Democrats have is that Joe Manchin from West Virginia and that weird, goofy Kirsten Cinema from Arizona—the one who did the thumbs down dance to the fifteen dollars minimum wage and her Marie Antoinette moment out there in Arizona, well, in DC, but I mean she's from Arizona, represents Arizona. These two senators, these two moderate senators, and again, from certain states, think of West Virginia, you think of Arizona and the politics there, they have said that they are opposed to any changed filibuster, any change in that rule, and that they want to promote bipartisanship and blah, 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 blah. Listen, that's them trying to protect their own weird politics within their states. And the fact that some of the politics in their states, there's probably things that they find themselves at times aligning with Republicans on. Now, I don't want to unfairly beat up on Joe Manchin or Kirsten Sinema, right? If you think about some of their most recent votes, these are people who did vote for ultimately the stimulus bill. These are people who voted to impeach Donald Trump. So they're not Republican in that way but maybe a vote on the minimum wage at $15, they think that that should happen in a more nuanced way, right? Maybe you don't jump from $7.25 to $15 for their states. Republicans probably would agree with something like that. If you're Kirsten Cinema in Arizona, it's gonna be very interesting to see how, sh- how she comes down on votes related to immigration in Arizona. So politics, that expression, the politics are always local. Besides politicians just being soulless and sneaky and grimy and all that stuff, politics are local and people do represent certain constituencies. Democrats have to deal with the, the Kirsten Sinemas and the Joe Manchins of the world in getting any vote to move to change the rules. So how do you do that? How do you apply pressure on these senators without that backfiring as well? I don't have the answer to that. Now, when I think about my presidential history, I think you pull the Lyndon Johnson, you pull him in the coat room, you lean over them and you tell them you're going to vote for the civil bill. That's my Lindsey Graham and my Mitch McConnell and anyone who's Southern. I have to work on my accents. You pressure them. I don't know. Kick them off a committee. If there's a special project in the bill that they want from one of their states, maybe they don't get it or give them something that they want. This is where, you know, that kind of backroom dealing that people don't like in politics where this stuff comes into into play but like what does joe manchin want what does kirsten cinema want how can you protect them is there fundraising that you can do when they're up for re-election what is it to get them to move on this filibuster question because republicans are going to stand in the way of everything And if democrats do not deliver if they do not deliver and hell you can deliver right you think about the stimulus bill it was a big deal it's a big deal that they got this done Most American people, too busy watching The Housewives, me included, I watch The Housewives, figuring out whether, you know, which Kardashian's butt's real, not real, half real, I don't know. They're not focused on the day-to-day of, like, who does what, and who has their interests at heart, and, like, it's kind of problematic. It would be better if, the American public were a little more focused. But if people don't feel tangible like results, if you said you were willing to do a $15 minimum wage and you don't, people look at that as a failure. If you are not going to protect voting rights when you see Republicans upset that you won in all of these states across the country trying to make it harder for people of color in particular, to vote, and you do nothing with that bill that's sitting there from the House, that's basically like political malfeasance on the part of the Democrats. If you do not pass H.R. 4 and put back in the protections of the original Civil Rights Act of 65, you know what's happening and you don't do anything and you lose in 2022 and then Republicans come in and do all the like dastardly shit that they've always been doing and you know that's happened. I mean, that's That's just stupid and not playing the game correctly. And if there's anything that I can say, just as a tactician, I personally have too much of a conscience and a soul and I can't sleep at night if I do bad things. I mean, Mitch McConnell clearly doesn't have that problem, but he's good at what he does. (laughs) He's good at what he does. You know, he doesn't really care what people think about him personally, clearly. And he has objectives, and he'll torch he'll torch the entire system to get that done. I'm not saying the Democrats need to torch the entire system, but if we just need to change a fucking rule, it's time to change the rule. We have to meet the moment that we're in. So not only does President Biden need to watch his step, put some tape on the bottom of his loafers, I don't know. Child, he looked a mess. He looked a mess going up those steps like that. But he got up to the top of him, though, which is important. If at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. Aaliyah? Aaliyah, anybody? 2000s? 2000s? Okay. He got himself up the steps and he just did a salute. He even rubbed his knee. Poor thing. I fall. When I fall, and I'm in my, I, well, I guess I'm getting closer to 40, but when I fall, it's rough. So I can only imagine 80-year-old knees or 78-year-old knees. But anyway, he got back up. That's what's important. That's what we should all the lesson we should learn. But no, all jokes aside, Democrats literally need to watch how they proceed here. They cannot miss this moment. And again, there are other dangers to the Republic at large. And it's concerning. It's concerning if they're not going to be able to get some of this agenda passed and done. So I'm all for ending the filibuster. End it, end it, end it. If these were different times in the minority party, a minority role, and blah, 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 I don't even have the time or the strength to get into all of the racial history of the filibuster and all that bad history. Again, being used to stop progressive agenda, not even progressive agenda, just the moral and right thing to do, like letting black people to vote in the 60s. People like Strom Thurmond, who, by the way, had a black daughter. They never wanted black people to vote, but they're always in bed with a black person. All these old racist, slaveholding, segregationists ass wipes anyway had no problem being in the bed so end the filibuster democrats end the filibuster which brings me to governor cuomo governor cuomo has a seventh accuser texas has a whorehouse in it I'm not saying the women are the whores. Governor Cuomo apparently is a dirty, nasty man, a dirty, nasty old white man of a certain age who doesn't know how to behave, which I guess should not surprise us at this point. And again, it's important to note that is not the only scandal that Governor Cuomo has here in New York. I'm going to talk about Governor Cuomo every single week until Governor Cuomo resigns, not because I think that I have such a, any platform that anyone's paying attention to in that way, but just because I think it is such a big deal of what he's been accused of. And also, if you are going to be the party that says, hey, we do have some ethics morality in how we make decisions and how we govern, then... We do have a higher standard and threshold than Republicans seem to govern with. And if you have someone like Governor Cuomo who has misrepresented nursing home deaths, if you have a governor who is groping women or sexually harassing them or sexually assaulting them potentially, there needs to be an investigation for that. And if we have called for people like Senator Al Franken to resign and others for less, and we've whined about former President Trump's 19 various allegations, then the governor of New York has to be held to the same standard. Now, one thing that I will say, if I had any conservative listeners, something tells me I probably don't have many. (laughs) One thing that Democrats do deserve credit for at this point in time, not only in the New York state legislature, the New York delegation to the House, and both of the senior senators of New York, they have all called for him to now resign. So the party and President Biden believe now has said that, you know, the investigation proves these allegations to be true. He should resign. So the Democratic Party has finally kind of coalesced around the moment and what needs to be done. There were some folks who took a little longer than I would have liked to see them come to this decision. I'm talking to you, (coughs) Kirsten Gillibrand and AOC, Schumer, took them a little long, especially (coughs) Gillibrand and AOC. But they got on the right side of that. And when I say it took them longer, we're talking about maybe weeks, not years, not months. But Democrats have to be careful in these moments, too. We've just had an administration and a former president who just sacked any sense of ethics, morality, decency, humility, any respect for women. I mean, just trampled on all of those things. And Joe Biden... And his administration and Democrats, again, paint themselves in a certain way. And so if we have old Cuomo's in his 60s and some of the stuff that's coming out about him, the women might be shocking to people, but some of his tactics as well, his kind of bare knuckle, I'll get you on the phone and threaten you and maybe even try to blackmail you into not telling the truth if something about COVID deaths and how we're reporting them in the state, all of that stuff is ugly. And it's the stuff that people think that all politicians do. And look, especially if you're doing stuff like that for something that's not worthwhile. I referenced Lyndon Johnson in the courtroom during civil rights, threatening people and intimidating people to get them to get racist people to vote for the Civil Rights Act. I think most of us can look back on that and think, God bless Lyndon Johnson, a former racist who knew how to speak to other racist people to get them to do the right thing. God love him. How can we get, like, we like turning Mitch McConnell to get other Republicans to believe in climate change and to do the right thing in terms of policy? We need more of that in politics. You know, if Cuomo was using his clout and his weight and power of his office for good, you know, and making people uncomfortable. I don't think that this would be such a problem. But between the nursing home scandal, the bullying, and the stuff with the women, there's no way that he can stay in office. He has to go. He has to go. Letitia James, the attorney general here, who seems like she actually behaves like a proper attorney general, maybe she has her own political interest in potentially seeing cuomo fall that's open to interpretation but hopefully this investigation will happen quickly because if the investigation turns up that look we can verify some of this stuff with the women we already have verified the stuff with the nursing home scandal i mean there's not really much more to know about that because cuomo has said he wants the investigation to determine the voters elected him it's like yeah the voters didn't elect you to grow up women we didn't elect you for that we didn't elect you for that as a matter of fact i didn't vote for you last time you were up so someone's didn't vote for you at all so cuomo has to go With that being said, yeah, Democrats have to make sure they're living up to expectations on all fronts. What they've promised, having an agenda, being strategic when they need to, changing arcane Senate rules if they need to, being willing to kick out people of their own party who don't meet the standards of where the country is. They've got to be able to do that. They've got to be able to say, look... We can't control what every politician does. But when we find out, we do the right thing. Look, we're willing to change some rules if it's going to mean delivering for the American people. We might have to get down and dirty. I hope that the Democrats are up for it. It is still early. It is March. I feel like in times of with the coronavirus and the pandemic and, and just living in the Trump era before this, it's just like time. Our sense of it is warped, but it's like, OK, January the 20th was when The new president took over, and a lot has happened. So this is not meant to be an episode to say that Democrats are – it's now March 22nd. The Democrats are not doing anything. There's a lot that's been done. But this filibuster thing in particular, they're going to need to make a decision on it and uh, stand by it. Oh. And I'm sorry, just thinking about Mitch McConnell's threat about turning things to a conservative, the most conservative agenda that, I mean, I don't know if he's going to turn things into like The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know what's going to happen, but like, does he mean as conservative as putting on Amy Coney Barrett at the court and Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch? Yeah, I'm really trying to think, I mean, he's going to like enslave us again as black people. I don't know what's going to happen. That's going to be so terrible. I think the Republicans have really shown their hands. And is it supporting an insurrection? Is it failing to convict? I think Democrats need to not be afraid about that. They need to put on their armor, buckle up, do what Nancy Pelosi would do, come out there and pound on that podium and say, you people, listen, they need to get their stuff together. Oh, and Joe, not only does Joe need to put some scotch tape on his loafers, I do have a critique of President Biden. I'm going to need Joe to stop acting. Joe has to know at this point, Uncle Joe giving out his checks, he has to know that He keeps talking about the Senate and his colleagues and they need to do the filibuster like they used to do when I... Joe, you're 80. When you were around, there was a telegraph and record players and Morse code. Joe, I think his experience has helped him in this moment. I think he has the right moral temperament. And he seems like he's a decent person at heart. But the Republican Party, Mitch McConnell, John Thune, Ted Cruz... John Kennedy, there, yes, there's a Republican senator named John Kennedy, folks, not to be confused with the Democratic family, from Louisiana, Mike Lee, these people do not, they don't want people to vote. They don't want people to be helped in a pandemic. They don't believe in science. They can't stand up for the Like These people will torch the House. And when I say the House, I mean the country. They are not going to work with you like people did 40 years ago when you were a senator. Stop saying that. Stop, 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 Joe. I think as the president, it is his job to try to bring people together and to be bipartisan, but we do have to be realistic. In the same way that he kind of quickly shifted with the stimulus bill and said, hey, we want some Republican votes. I met with them. When the Republicans when Susan Collins, I six six 600 billion and we don't want anybody to get any assistance and unemployment insurance. Democrats said, all right, we're going to have to go it alone. And that's the kind of mentality that they need to have. When it comes to the Senate rules, because the House of Representatives is doing the work that's needed. They're passing bills. They are just sitting in the Senate trying to get people like Joe Manchin to vote for it or like one Republican to be decent and vote for it. Like, it's just too much. We need a 51 kind of vote threshold. And for most things, apparently. And, and if we do that for Supreme Court justices, which we do, I mean, there's nothing, there's not much that's more important to how we put people on the federal bench for like for life. I just, I just don't see what all the handling's about. So, end the filibuster. Put some goddamn duct tape on your loafers. Hold on to the rail, Joe. Hold on to the rail. Oh, stop calling Vice President Harris, President Harris. Ooh, child. Maybe one day she will be. I wouldn't mind having a President Harris. But Joe, you're still the president. Conservatives, stop being silly and stupid talking about Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato. I mean, it's just, oh, God. On that note, folks, I'll be back next week with a drink. I'm sure I'll need a drink and more commentary on the political happenings and foolishness here in the United States of America. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll be back every Monday with new episodes. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe or follow me. You can find me on Apple, Spotify, Google, Alexa, wherever you prefer to find your podcasts. You can also follow my Instagram at popintopolitics. Until next time, sending good vibes and well wishes to you all. Thanks for listening.